Okay. Welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast. My name is Mig Sparrows, and we are an official Apple podcast, and we are on 727 other podcast platforms as well. And uh, and I'm Trace Burrows. And uh, if you like the uh, show today, please give us a nice review. Today we have Sally Taylor on the show, a singer, songwriter, musician, and founder of Consensus. And um, uh, we'll, she'll tell us all about what that's all about <laughs> and how she got to there. So hi, Sally. Thank hi, you. guys. So, hi. So um, what is Consensus? Consensus is sort of like a, um, a game of telephone, but played with art instead of words. So if you remember what the childhood game of telephone is, it's where one person whispers something in another person's ear and it keeps on going from one person to the next. And then at the end, you sort of have this jumbled uh, version of the original. Um, with Consensus, we take a photograph and we give it to a musician and let it inspire a song in them. And then that song gets sort of whispered to a dancer and the dancer dances about it. And the dance then goes to a poet who writes about the dance. And then the, the poem goes to a perfumer who creates a fragrance. The fragrance inspires a, um, you know, a painter um, and so on and so forth until all of the, of the seven or all of the five senses are represented. And, um, and then we give that entire chain reaction to a set designer who then interprets the entire thing as a whole and creates a space in which that sort of jumble of art, that collaboration mm -hmm. of artistic voices or art about art about art can live within and sort of inspire audiences. So whereas the original game of telephone, you end with this sort of like mutilated version of the original thing with consensus you get this final version which offers you new inspiration through which to see the rest of the art and the way that it you know is meant to be um watched or looked at or uh you know inspired by is to recognize that you're an artist too every time you look at something you are taking it in in a specific way and letting it live within you in a certain way and that's different than anybody else's way it's not right or wrong it's just as valid and unique but also not right it's a piece of the whole puzzle but it's not the right version it just is, exists as a piece of art within you even as you expose your belief systems based on it in future um it is just a piece of the puzzle not the entire thing mm. i just wanted to add something which i neglected to say in the intro that you're also the daughter of uh Musician, musicians James Taylor and Carly Simon. So I think the audience, is, you know, sure. Put it in context. That. Um, <laughs> yes, creators. I come from a, yeah. a line of them for sure. Yeah, I saw your uh, the, the documentary on consensus. It was at, at the in Martha on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, at the time, and uh, uh, in that famous was it a lodge? I've been there, but I can't remember. You know that that. Great the Grange Hall, yeah. Yeah, the hall, yeah. So is that open to you just take it over or you you rent it for a month and sort of take it over and we we put that 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 first exhibition was 150 artists um collaborating around the world. Um 
and so it needed a lot of space and so we uh we toured that through most of um mostly massachusetts and uh, a few other states but the grange was the first starting place for that and we did we just rented it we put it up for three days it was this crazy free-for-all needed 70 you know volunteers to help me put it together and then we ran workshops off of it and did big performances with you know all the artists you know participating together on stage it was really a festival for the senses it was like creator extravaganza so um yeah that was that was a really cool exhibition and we've done them at mass mocha we've done them mm. at different perform you know we've done them in wellesley college we've done them um a number of different places and it's taken on you know it's become a podcast itself i have my own mm. podcast can you believe it <laughs> um in which we run one of these consensus chains through a, a season and it's just become sort of you know it's a process and it's um and, and we get to work it all over the world, which is what's really exciting. So when you do this in other places, other uh, than Martha's Vineyard, is it a whole new set of artists or you just take the show you have and transport it to different places? No, it's a whole different set of artists. Um, and we're actually just piloting this program right now where we create uh, local consensuses. So they're these sort of consensus walks is what we're calling them. And we find little um towns and cities are around the world who have amazing local artists and we create these consensus walks these this process by which a local piece of art that inspires all of the artists in a community and then we create a walking tour through each of those artists sort of spaces well that's yeah it's always different yeah. i mean we come we're both visual artists and we're in westport connecticut and which is a, a fairly well-known artist community has been for since the 1920s. So hypothetically, and maybe not so hypothetically, how, and we have a, we have a artist group here called the artist collective of Westport and there's 150 members. Um, is that something we could do or do you have a template for that? Or do you, do we, do you manage it if we wanted to do something? Yeah, like let's that? do one. Yeah. Really? The, the, the way that it works is we just ask, you know, somebody to be a point person for it and then basically help us find the artists and and then create the tour with them. And mm. they're sort of responsible for maintaining it and making sure that it's all stays in one piece. But that's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, uh, easy lifting. So, yeah, let's do it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. So yeah. When you, you put this together, which took you many years, right? The first one, Sally, that uh, um what, what would your process because these artists you say come from all over the world and there's so many artists in every different kind of di artistic discipline so like did you decide well now i'm going to find a perfume what's a perfumer <laughs> they're actually called noses but i call them perfumer. <laughs> I mean, noses. it's a weird it's such a weird thing we call yeah so you have a team that can help helps you and you say like now i want to do like noses <laughs> and like get me all the names of all the interesting noses around the world and then you just like how, that's an I yeah. know, side tangent how do they have portfolios visual artists you can see what they do <laughs> yeah. how do you like scratch and sniff yeah, like, yeah. if the website does that work well the first the first ex the first one that i created the first consensus i created um 
I guess what I did, you know, and and I, I do consider the uh, the act of consensus a, a very creative process by which I paint with artists. I mean, that's what I'm sort of doing. Um, every time a piece would come back, I would then ask the piece or ask the piece that lived in my heart, you know, who do I want to understand this through? Like, who who do I want to um, who you know who do I want to see or smell or taste or um, watch the movement of, um, you know, to understand this in a better and in a bigger way. And then I would go find that person. So if a, if a song came back and it, it, it said like, oh man, I, you know, I want to be smelled. Right. <laughs> I want to, I want to express myself through, you know, if the spirit of the song came back and said, I want to be expressed through a, a scent, I would go find that, that perfumer. And then I'd, you know, mm. explain that, you know, I needed them to interpret it into a, a scent and, that's how that worked. I mean, it, it, that's how it, it consensus as a process becomes a very sort of artistic um, experience. How did you find the per perfume? The perfumer. So I had to do a lot of research around what perfumers are. And there's only really five main giant um, factories. Like one is international fragrances and flavors. There, but everything ha that has a scent has come through... The, you know, every perfume or every uh, soap or every shampoo, everything that has a scent has actually been through one of those factories. And so I had to find somebody at one of those factories and then I had to, you know, inspire them to help me to find the right perfumers. So it was just sort of that. And then there's also, you know, not to get into the minutia about scent, but there's people who only work with organic um you know, fragrances, flowers that have been pressed and things that have been pressed. And then there's people who work with the chemical representations of those things. And so there's very purist people and I would contact them and get there. It's much more expensive to have the pressed version of these things. Um, but I wanted to represent the entire field. So I wasn't just going through the main, um, you know, companies that do fragrance, but rather finding the small uh, boutique fragrancers noses if you will that um that could create those different representations of those paintings and perfume sculptures and dances so i'm curious and you tell a very touching story in in the documentary and you or maybe it was in your ted talk about you know coming home from school with a little piece of paper i don't know you were eight years old or something and and your mom opened it up and said you're you've been diagnosed as being dyslexic and she said welcome to the family which is a really uh a wonderful approach to instead of you know crying or whatever else um i was what but related to the art i'm wondering well first of all i think most people are naive about dyslexia i mean in the most simplistic terms it's like well i see the word cat c-a-t and you see t-a-c is that is it as simplistic as that or and and the second part of it is how do you think dyslexia has enhanced or in, enhanced your this this approach to you know to, to work with is it heightened your other perceptions or you know yeah that's a a very um near and dear question to my heart because my husband has an organization called noticeability which creates curricula um that is dedicated to the strength-based um 
uh, neurology in every dyslexic. And so, um, you know, we're, we've been traveling around the world for almost a year now, bringing that curricula to different places. And my curricula, the consensus curricula is also part of his curriculum. So, um, yeah, I think that dyslexia, and I do, I come from a long line of dyslexics, and I have um, a son who's dyslexic, a husband that's dyslexic. I mean, we're definitely in a sort of dyslexic and proud camp. Um, and um, I think it's mostly because we can identify with one another and with other dyslexics that have um, come before us who've been successful. And I think that the dyslexic predisposed um, neurological processing is actually really uh it caters to creativity it caters mm. to large-scale thinking it caters to um spatial and narrative reasoning so i think that it definitely has helped me in my creativity and i was just talking actually to my my son's um assessment provider his neurological assessment provider who was talking to me about dyslexia and about sort of how to enhance the skills that he's going to need to get through school and i was thinking i wonder if those skills had been you know worked on in me if it would have been at the detriment of some mm. of my creativity mm. and so i i guess i want to just be careful in it you know, don't what we've been saying to our son for a long time is don't let education get you know or don't let school get in the way of your education <laughs> I, I think that um you know don't don't let things that other people prioritize you know convince you out of uh the things that you're actually good at and passionate about so um yeah i would say that i'm lucky in that my family sort of recognized that the priority was the meanness of me and not the mm. potential of me so and and you become more i mean reading is a visual process and but 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 maybe i don't know there's i don't know the difference but obviously it's 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 either focused you on on visuals and and that whole like you said chain of relationships visual relationships which is sounds like a you know it's just like you may never have gotten there without it but so when, yeah. Go ahead. Did you want Oh no, I was just going to follow up by saying that I didn't answer your original question because I can only actually hold yeah. two questions oh. in my head at the same time. But <laughs> uh, uh, the original one was, you know, the the misconceptions around yeah. dyslexia. Um, you know, that it's, it's reading backward. Really, it's a processing uh, problem, you know, or a processing difference where whereby the written word um, is not a great vehicle for the meaning and the way that I process mm. information. And so that's that's really what dyslexia is, is, you know, problem with uh, since the printing press came into uh, invention. That's my... Have you ever heard? I've just... Recently, I've heard the word, but somebody explained it to me. It's, I think it's synesthesia, where people smell colors and taste words and that kind of thing. Is that a is that a is that I, entered into the yeah into no. The, Consensus. I think everybody does that. I yeah. mean, I, like, I really do think that if you actually had to, and we play this game called Essences all the time, it's part of our curriculum, um, whereby we have people sort of close their eyes and you know, look at a piece of art, close their eyes, and imagine what it would be if it were a flavor. Mm -hmm. What would it be if it were a body of water? 
what would it be if it were a time of day? What would it be if it were a color? What would it be if it were a song? And people are able to do that. So it makes me question whether that's actually something that's out of the ordinary. Mm. I mean, even if you're just somebody who comes up with metaphors every once in a while, like that's synesthetic, I think. So I don't know if synesthetic is the right word. Yeah. Synesthesia E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to switch gears a little. So, like, um, when you were, when did you start singing or writing songs and decide to do that? How old were you? I think my first song was called Great Managize to the Web, and it was on piano. And it was, if you be my fine musician, I will be your fine musician. Let me know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously that's a terrible song. But um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think I started um, writing when I was very little, just playing around with melody and that's, you know, melody and, and chord structure have always been the thing that interests me most about writing. And so um, the way, you know, I, I think I, I, I wrote my very first sort of written song um, when I was like 15 or 16. I used to wake up in the middle of the night with a song fully written in my head and then I mm. press record. I had a little recorder next to my bed and I just record it. But I didn't actually play guitar at the time. So, um, you know, I just did that for years before I actually said, okay, I've got to figure out how to play guitar in order to accompany these songs. And yeah, they already had, they were fully baked with, you know, um, melodies and lyrics and everything. And mm. so it was more just trying to then find the guitar to accompany it. Did you, Did you look on Craigslist for a good guitar teacher? <laughs> there was no Craigslist back then. There was no computers back then. <laughs> I'm old. My <laughs> birthdays are. I'm January fifth. You're January seventh, right? That's right. Um, no, you're not old. So do you ever get to the point, like, um, you know, because of because of your parents, like looming careers looming over your head about your the style of songs, like topics or approach to your music, where you or just came naturally, like you just did your thing, and and or or did you always have to think like I don't get too much like my dad, <laughs> you know, because you're searching for your own identity or this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, I I, I think when I I was I got in a, in a plane crash in Peru when I was 20, mm. and I had all of those songs written, you know, on my tape recorder, and the thing that I thought when I hit the ground was. I've got to get those songs into some sort of organized um, system. And so uh, I wanted to sort of clean them up and I wanted to record them, you know, semi-professionally. And I was 20 at the time. So I went to a therapist. I was like, this is a terrible idea, right? Like, it's a really bad idea for me to like record myself singing these songs. I worked on it for a long time because I just knew that um, it was going to mess with you know, it was basically like stepping foot into this, into the cyclone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I was perfectly fine just hanging out on the edge of the storm. I had no interest in actually being part of that cyclone. Um, and I, I actually went to my dad at one point and said, how do I, you know, if I'm going to do this, how do I, how do I avoid, you know, getting wrapped up in it? And he said, well, just don't read any of the 
don't read anything you know that they say about you good or bad because if you believe the good you will be, you will believe the bad if you believe the applause you'll believe the booze like that's just the way it goes um and i think that that was sort of the advice that i went on the most um and i you know i had a great time performing and writing music and playing for years on the road we toured all you know quite extensively around um the united states through the end of the 90s and into the the next millennium <laughs> um into <laughs> the next century um but i you know i when i met my husband i was done playing with that muse and found my own and where did, where did you his name's dean uh, i can't pronounce the last name Dragon yeah Dragonier, okay. yeah did you meet in a creative situation i mean was it uh you run a you know you know, an Aspen somewhere or, where, you know, where... no, I knew not to marry a, a musician. <laughs> I knew not to marry an artist. Um, because then he would have, he would always have a, a mistress oh. on the side with his, oh. with his muse. Um, right. mm -hmm. uh, he and I met on Martha's Vineyard. He was a lifeguard when, um, I was 16 and he was 17. We met on this beach, wow. this new beach on Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. No, he wasn't nude. That's always the first question. So no, he's not nude. I wasn't going to ask that. You were. I saw you. But I you were nude. You. I was. I was yeah. nude. None of my girlfriends went on to come with me to the beach. So I just go and read all day and play in the waves. And um, he was there watching somewhere <laughs> on one of the yeah lifeguard chairs lurking <laughs> but it took us years it took us years to find you know the right time for our relationship are you still teaching at at, at berkeley i'm not i uh, when i started consensus in 2012 um it became sort of all-consuming so mm -hmm. i haven't been teaching except for um you know doing teacher trainings for the which i do you know periodically for the the curriculum no, that the family I know there, and this is like asking, "Hey, I, I know somebody in the United States." So, I have also been to the planet Earth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew go we had down, you pass a tree, and then you take a left. Yeah, right. So, oh, the other thing it was on your bio, or what? And is that you know? Well, you said you're just now earlier. You're you're a vegetarian, but it's somewhere in your bio it said you're a vegan. So, did you did you train? Uh, transition to being a, a vegetarian from a vegan a vegan's a little more strict right um yeah no i actually don't know where that bio that you saw came from i, I think i was a vegan for like 20 minutes after watching <laughs> uh you know some some documentary about it i i'm a vegetarian because my son mm. um at four was like i don't want to eat my friends and then <laughs> And then we were like, fine, but I hope you're okay with us eating your friends because <laughs> that's what happened. And so we did for many years. And finally, he sort of got to us by the time he was about eight. He mm. was like, I really, it would mean a lot to me if you didn't eat meat anymore. And so we sort of like, you know, we we're like, well, what about meat and f what about fish? And then we had that for a while. And then, you know, finally just said, no, it's some somewhere along the line, we actually started to feel overly conscientious about mm. the fact that we were eating bodies. <laughs> yeah, or anything that could have a name. It's like, that's sort of the, where you draw the line, you know? I don't know. I don't know exactly where the vegetables. line is drawn, but it hasn't gotten to vegetables yet, which I'm grateful for. Mm. Do you cook? Are you a good cook? Or do you, 
I, you know, since COVID, I've become a pretty good chef for my family. Um, I make, you know, I, I, I think, I think art is just one thing anyway. So it sort of, it comes out in food too. Yeah. Whatever I have to offer artistically comes out in food too. When, when yeah. You, and that's so visual. I mean, food can be so visual. I mean, it's most of it's visual. When you like, you've, you've had five albums, right? Three. Three. Oh, I thought it was. But I like where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you approach, like, oh, I'm gonna go, okay, I'm gonna write a bunch of songs and make another album. I mean, do you? What do you? Do you think like I'm gonna make do things with this new style, different style of a of, of song, acoustic songs, or a different approach? Or I'm gonna think about nature more, or I'm gonna do this. I mean, what? How do you get down to? sort of like the overall theme of a new album what is your approach to that i think like most of the art that i create i don't know what it's about until after it's done mm -hmm. and um i would say that uh the way that i write songs you know i start with a palette of of, of chords and i let the chords then um dictate my emotional state and then i from that emotional state comes um a sort of weird like almost like projectile um series of uh phrasing and vowel sounds and and a melody line that comes with it and then from that i try to make sense of the words that are that those vowel sounds might actually be similar to which it, i think that's a i don't know where that um I don't, I don't know anybody else who necessarily does that way. I, I, I think my dad does it a little bit like that. Um, but whenever I've, you know, whenever somebody says, well, how, how do you want to write a song? Like, let's start with some lyrics or an idea. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that, I cannot possibly get there from here. Like wherever you think that we can go with this is a dead end for me. So that's my process. I don't really think about like, Songs just sort of spring, especially from my sleep state, thank God, because that's the longest, um, the longest time I can actually write something before my, you know, my internal judge gets hold of it and wrangles it to the ground and stops it out like a rhinoceros with a fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a few minutes left, but I don't know if you, and I, I, I was conflicted about showing this at all, but anyway, this is from the... New York, this week's New Yorker. Have you seen this? I didn't, but that looks like my dad. I can't yeah, see so by the, the title, actual like body language. It's their. Okay. Uh, they have always have a, a humor page, and this I don't know. It's so weird that they. It, so this shouts and murmurs, and it says, "Why shouldn't you room with James Taylor?" And there's a bunch of reasons not to room. I'll just read a few of them. I hope your father has a sense. Of, does he have? Do oh, he does. They have sense of humor, but okay. Yeah, you I'm sure I can add a few. So you wanted to decorate the mantle with tasteful dried flowers and candles, but James insists that that's where all six of his Grammys should go. Um, it's definitely not. <laughs> if it, yeah. if, if He's it the rains, most high person on the planet, so that's okay. not true. Yeah. If it rains and you build a fire in the fireplace, James Taylor smugly goes, I've seen both of those before. Um, let's see. Making up stuff like your dad's not like that at all, probably, right? Yeah, well, this is just the humor. This well, it's is a very funny. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Anyway, there's a bunch of them, but I won't read them. All. Um, but I was a, yeah. a, a, to lead into the thing, whether they have a your parents. Oh, yeah, no, I, I would say two of the funniest people on the face of no. the earth. Yeah. 
and and just willing to laugh you know oh, at pretty much everything you know i mean my mom could get home from a you know a surgery and you could pick up the band-aid you know and she could just start how you know there, there's <laughs> no end to their senses of humor it's very fun it's very fun and oh, it's healthy yeah so the show you have now and at the consensus show that's currently there that's that's the same one that's in a documentary how long will that be there until you decide to uh make a new one or are, are you so the one from Martha's Vineyard, um, that one only showed from 2013, you know, 2014 through 2017. Then we did one at Mass Mocha in, um, in North Adams, um, Massachusetts, and that was up for a year. And then, um, you know, we've done, you know, a number of different small projects. They're all on our website. And then this newest pilot is, um, you know, going to be making neighborhoods into art galleries. That's the whole sort of premise is taking the museum out, out of the museum and bringing it into the community. Community being out like on a building fronts and stores fronts or inside. Or in yeah. Yeah. So the, the way that it'll work when we work together and create our consensus guys, yeah is that um, we'll find different artists who are in the community, including chefs and uh, clothing designers and jewelry makers and painters and um, singers, songwriters, and we will have them interpret something that's already monumental and fundamental to your neighborhood. And then we'll create, we'll have them interpreting each other's work through the different mediums. And then we'll create a walking tour that starts with the original monumental piece of art. And then, you know, when people scan the QR code, it says it starts playing the song that was written, you know, inspired, inspired it. And then they'll say, do you want to taste the song? Walk down to this mm. local, you know, cafe and try the coffee that was inspired by it. And then, you know, you'll move off to the art gallery down the street to, you know, to see the the painting that was inspired by the coffee and so on and so forth. So that's how the um, the the current um, consensus project is working. It's it's artistic um, muscles, I guess. Well, well. So before we sign off, what's the best way? Should we just reach you through your? Should anybody reach you through your website? Uh, just the that's a perfect place. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Consensusart at gmail. Uh, consensusart at gmail dot com. So it's just consensus with the senses. So C-O-N-S-E-N-S-E-S -S -E -S, mm. art at Gmail. Okay. Well, we will definitely be in touch and I hope other people will too. It's, it's really a great way to, it, it's so inclusive and, and, you know, way to uh, embody. Walk, uh, look, around here, they have those arts in the window shows and stuff. And this is a way to make some kind of sense of. Yeah. Like, yeah the art in the windows is just a passive. Know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's just decorative. You know, people walk by, well, that's pretty. and But there's no content. There's no kind of like chain to it. You know, there's no. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping that it'll sort of show the sort of biocilial undercurrent of a community that the artists make um that's usually invisible but when they work together mm -hmm. um, you can actually see the sort of scaffolding of a community um through its art all right well thank, thank you for coming on the show and uh telling us all this stuff this is like 
really interesting for us and uh, probably for uh, a lot of people that listen to our show. That's nice. Thank you. Thanks, Sally. Lovely to meet both of you guys. And um, yeah, I hope we'll see you again soon. Okay. Take care. Bye.